0: This is a Hog Sports Network podcast.
1: Everyone, welcome into the basketball podcast of Mid-America. Today is Thursday, February 1st. We've made it to February. And, man, the Razorbacks got to win again. Um, Before yesterday, it had been 15 days since they had been in the win column, but it felt like 1,500. With the way things have been going uh, it is pretty doom and gloom episode last week for those who listened and I think I even signed off telling everyone thanks for listening to a downer episode but this one should be a lot livelier because suddenly the Arkansas basketball team has started playing hard and effort has not been a question at all in the Razorbacks last two games uh, I'm Ethan Westerman joined by Bob Holt of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette here beside me Blake Sutton is back there on the board and for the first time Anthony Christensen who is new to our team he might be the Hogs' good luck charm, by the way. They're 1-0 <laughs> with him on the beat. Uh, he's joining the show as well. So surely there's some sort of correlation there, I <laughs> think. Hogs are 1-0. You, on your first day, they get a win. Um, but everyone, thanks for tuning in. Uh, right off the bat, I'm going to give it over to Anthony, uh, who he's a hoops head. So uh, he's someone who I think you'll grow to really love his coverage of particularly the basketball team. Um, I'll give him a chance to kind of introduce himself and let everyone know his path to Fayetteville.
2: Yeah, no, uh, you know, undefeated in the Anthony Christensen era. Um probably probably won't last forever, I would, I would assume. But uh no, uh you know, as you mentioned, you know, first couple days on the job, happy to be here. Uh fun to you know, get to cover big time college hoops. So you said I'm a I'm a hoop head. I uh I, I watch some sicko games, man. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I'll, I'll tune into some like NEC hoops or like swack. You know, it's just some some just vile stuff. But in terms of my uh, my vi- I, uh, my tr- my path here, excuse me, uh, just graduated from college about a year and a half ago. Uh, probably not a lot of people are going to want to hear where I went you know, who are uh, you know, listening to this, but a uh, university of Missouri grad uh, graduated in spring of 22 and then uh, made my way over to Evansville, Indiana, where I was covering uh, the University of Evansville and the University of uh, Southern Indiana kind of primarily covering their men's basketball teams there um and then uh here i am now uh after about a year and a half out there and uh you know so far so good having a lot of fun with it and uh yeah no happy happy to be here
1: well i'm glad that you went ahead and said you're a mizzou grad and so i didn't have to because i i had it <laughs> i was gonna tell people i have got bob next to me he's a mizzou grad we have anthony across from me he's a mizzou grad christina long our new managing editor of Hogs Illustrated Magazine. Mizzou grad. We have a lot of Tigers taking over here, but <laughs> guess what? Arkansas took it to Missouri yesterday. Uh, the Razorbacks led for basically the entire game. Um, I think there was like a minute or two at the beginning that maybe Missouri had a leader. it was tied. Um, but Arkansas takes it to them, wins 91-84. Final score was not indicative of that, how that game felt. Um, you know, Bob, Anthony, I'm going to turn it over to both of you guys to talk about that game last night. We'll start with you, Bob, just what stood out.
3: Well, first, I just want to say that Missouri stresses academics over athletics. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, as far as the way the the game stood out, well, yeah, Arkansas, you you wondered if they might be flat after giving so much uh, effort against Kentucky and falling short, playing really well but but having another tough loss. And they really came out and just put it on Missouri early, jumped out, really had control of the game, up by 19, I think, at halftime. You know, one of the best halves they've played. I know Missouri's you know 0 8 now in the SEC, but they've been they've been pretty competitive. I think I looked it up, and they were they'd been losing by an average of about nine points in SEC games. So they hadn't been getting blown out. They took South Carolina to overtime there in Mizzou Arena a few you know a few days ago, and had a pretty competitive game at South Carolina last Saturday. So um, yeah, Arkansas just really took it to them. And, you know, controlled the inside, controlled the paint. Makai Mitchell was great. Jalen Graham was really good. Jalen um, – or uh, uh, Chandler Lawson was, was solid. They got really good point guard play, which had been a struggle against Kentucky. You know, Keon Menefield, who didn't play at all against Kentucky, had 32 really good minutes late in the freshman started. And just uh, – I, I know you got to take the opponent into account, but maybe Arkansas's best game of the year outside of Duke.
1: You know, Arkansas was outscored in the second half by, doing quick math right here, they won by seven, we We're up by 19 at half, so they were outscored by 12. Um, Really, the game was decided in that first half, it felt like. Anthony, what were some things that you thought Arkansas did good, just right out the gates, um, to really just get such a big lead?
2: Yeah, you mentioned it, obviously. That game, the final score wasn't really indicative of it, and uh, I never really felt like Missouri was really, ever really going to challenge that that, uh, Arkansas lead, but... Really, as Bob mentioned, kind of controlling the inside, playing at a good pace, you know fifty six points in the paint, excuse me, you know that's a lot of a lot of domination kind of inside, and obviously Missouri is not the best defensive team in the league by any stretch, in fact, kind of the worst defensive team in the uh, in the league when you look at the metrics um but I mean you you get the ball inside, you're gonna find a lot of success against Missouri because a lot of their bigs aren't you know necessarily the best paint pro- or rim protectors, and I think that's where you see a lot of you know where makai mitchell kind of got a lot of his uh you know a lot of his points and rebounds obviously a second double double in as many games um but i think that is you know obviously where a lot of that game was kind of decided was inside and how, how much of an emphasis they put on that and getting inside with a lot of uh you know pick and roll options and everything along those lines just kind of forcing it into the paint and you know missouri really never really never adjusted to that and uh you know, credit to Arkansas for kind of you know taking advantage of that and continuing to find the the success inside.
1: Now let's talk about Makai some more. Back to back, really strong performances: twelve points, thirteen rebounds at home versus Kentucky. Then on his birthday last night, nineteen points, fourteen rebounds at Missouri. Bob, the big man, is stepping up, isn't
3: he? He's playing well, and um, you know I'm maybe aging myself, I'm not, I'm not saying he's Will Chamberlain or, or Karibu Abdul-Javar or somebody like that, but I did think he could play better. I mean, there's a reason he came back. And it's not just that he wants to co- wanted to come back, it's that the coaches wanted him back. So I think they were thinking he would take another step. And he'd had some moments, he'd had some good games, but there were also some games where he hadn't played much. And so, um, obviously, there there's a new emphasis going inside now, and he's he's been the leader of that. And I don't know if he can get a... A double-double every game but I don't see why he can't you know be a consistent scorer inside. he's getting the line and knocking down his free throws that that's big I think he had 10 free throws against Kentucky did he have six last night or something like that he you know he's getting the line and he's getting other teams got bigs and foul trouble and running the floor really well and just just doing a lot of things well so you would think that this would really give him you know a shot a shot of confidence and a boost and and he could, you know, I don't look say I don't know if he'll do this every night, but nineteen of fourteen, that's a lot to ask. But I don't know why he couldn't be getting ten and eight and twelve and eight, things like that.
1: Yeah, kinda cool to see it happen on his birthday too. I know that yeah, last night whenever we got a chance to talk with Makai on the um on the game Zoom, you know, started off, you could tell he it was it was nice to get that on his birthday. Was it I mean, kinda cool to see I don't know. It's been such a rough stretch for the team. He had a lot of joy last night. It felt like.
3: Oh yeah, and if people remember last year, of course he's, his twin brother, Mikel, who's now at, at UALR, but they were teammates. They'd been teammates in high school at Maryland, at Rhode Island, at Arkansas, and uh, last year on their birthday, Arkansas beat a And M in Walton Arena. Mikel had a big game. Something I'm trying to remember. Uh, maybe thirteen, nine points, thirteen rebounds, a bunch of block shots, and and McKay had a solid game too. McKay actually had a better game. So, um yeah, the bird they they've had they've been having happy, happy birthdays in the in the Mitchell family. Yeah, for sure.
1: Uh, Anthony, I want to talk a little bit about what you wrote last night. Anthony wrote a really great in-depth piece just on what Arkansas did offensively and how it was improvement. I know. Like I mentioned, maybe you need to credit Missouri's defense a little bit for that. But still, what you saw from the Razorbacks, by the way, that article is on WholeHogSports.com. Check it out. Uh, But what would you like from Arkansas last night uh, when they had the ball in their hands?
2: Yeah, like we've kind of mentioned quite a bit already is kind of getting the ball inside. The forwards did a really good job of getting to the basket. A lot of, like we mentioned, good pick and roll options. And, I mean, the efficiency is really what kind of stands out. I mean, 59% from the field in the first half, I believe, if I remember correctly, that's the best half of shooting Arkansas has had in the SEC ever, (laughs) Um, which, uh, you know, obviously a lot of that maybe is kind of down to Missouri's, you know, defense or lack thereof, but also you got to hit your shots. So, I mean, that's a big big reason for that. Um, But, you know, you look at the forwards, there was – the point guard play as we've kind of mentioned as well uh it was way better than it was in previous games um and yeah you that's something that you can you can build upon and kind of you know hopefully i guess uh you know see that kind of continue um if that makes any sense
1: yeah <laughs> really high percentage looks they were getting whenever you're having a paint party like the Razorbacks did last time, i mean they were just living in the paint especially in that first half um just dominant um Mekhi Mitchell we've already talked about him a lot he was a big part of it Jalen Graham had a really nice game before he fell out Chandler Lawson was a factor and also the Razorbacks got a lot of points uh in the paint just in transition at the rim um creating steel opportunities into points um but I want to zero in real quick Bob on the three-man front court Arkansas has right now with uh, uh Trevin Brazil still ailing from his knee injury you've had Mitchell Graham and Lawson Really
3: played two nice
1: games back to back. Just did you see that coming from maybe these three guys?
3: Well, I maybe saw it coming a little bit after the Kentucky game. You thought, wow, they played really well. Eric uh, really was praiseworthy of them after that game. You thought, well, maybe they can carry that over. And uh, leading into the Kentucky game, I I, I don't know that I would have would have seen that coming. We, we've always known that Jalen Graham can score, but it was like I say, there was mistakes he made that would seem to irritate Eric, and <laughs> Eric would have a pretty quick hook with them. But he's he's being more consistent. He's staying in there. I think Eric's uh, giving him a little more leeway to make some mistakes, because the the you know the the the, uh, the plus minus, uh, you know is, is good, and um, yeah. And, and the nice thing is you're basically talking about three guys for two spots, so everybody can get their minutes. Inevitably, those big guys are going to get in foul trouble. So if somebody gets a couple quick fouls, you you can sub in, or if somebody's winded or Maybe somebody had a defensive bust, and Eric wants to talk to him on the bench about it. You know, it's, it's nice to have some options to where it's not like two guys or if somebody, you know, hurts an ankle or something. Um, <clears throat> and especially with Trevor with Brazil out, you know, Bay Falls is big, but he's young, he's raw, he's got a lot of upside, but obviously Eric probably did not feel too comfortable playing him in games or else they're going to play him more minutes. But, but he's an option there too. I think he's a kid that plays hard. He just need, needs more experience. But, um, yeah, that's a really nice three-man rotation for two spots, and it looks like it's going to be a a good uh, thing for him moving forward.
1: Yeah, well, we're going to cut to a break real quick, and whenever we come back, Blake is going to give us week two of Stump the Bob. You don't want to go anywhere. You're listening to the Basketball Podcast of Mid-America.
0: Stay on top of all Arkansas Razorback sports with a Digital Plus subscription on the Hogs Illustrated app. Get complete Razorbacks coverage in one location. Your subscription gives you 20-plus issues of Hogs Illustrated Magazine, the most unique and compelling coverage anywhere in the state, plus total access to all the content on wholehogsports.com, including breaking news, commentaries, analysis, features, recruiting, award-winning photos, and premium message boards. Subscriptions start at just $17 per month. Join the Hog Sports Network team at subscribe.waco.com. That's subscribe.wehco.com. Or call 479-684-5509 to get your front row seat to Arkansas Razorback Sports. Go Hogs!
1: Welcome back into the Basketball Podcast of Mid-America. It is time for Stump the Bob. Blake, take it away.
0: All right, Bob, you did, you did pretty well on last week's Stump the Bob. You just needed one hint to, uh, to get the correct answer. Uh, this is courtesy of our friend at hogstats.com. If you don't follow Hogstats, he's a great follow on Twitter. Uh, provides a lot of really interesting stats and a lot of historical stuff. Uh, we talked a lot about Mekhi Mitchell and his 19 and 14. Um, who, at, Before last night, who was the last Arkansas player to get 19-plus points and 14-plus rebounds in a game off the bench?
3: Ooh. Um. I can give you a hint.
0: Before you guessed.
3: To- uh, let me guess. Can you read the question again? Yeah. I feel like I'm on Jeopardy or something.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, before last night, when Makai Mitchell got 19 points and 14 rebounds, who was the last Arkansas player to get 19-plus points and 14-plus rebounds in a game off the bench? I'm
3: going to guess Mario Credit.
0: Incorrect, but I can give you a hint. This This might help. Okay. It was in a, it was in a game against Minnesota, in the Maui Invitational.
3: Oh, well, let's see.
0: And I can give you the year too, uh, if it's too tough.
3: No, no, I remember when they played. Uh, I think it's got to either be Gafford or Portis. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Gafford.
0: No, but that so Arkansas did play Minnesota in the Maui Invitational just a few years ago, but this was in 1991.
3: Oh. I cuss on, on this nineteen ninety one. Okay. Uh, off the bench. How about Isaiah Butch Morris? No good guess. I'm gonna I'm gonna
0: give it to you though. It was Oliver Miller.
3: Off the bench? Yeah. I would had, not have thought that.
0: He had twenty three points and seventeen rebounds against Minnesota, uh eleven twenty it looks like around Thanksgiving, nineteen ninety one.
3: I would have guessed Oliver if there hadn't been an off-the-bench uh, component to it. But, I, I mean, maybe he'd, maybe he'd miss curfew or something and no <laughs> Richardson didn't start him. But I I would I would have th- picked him as a starter.
0: He could have been at a late-night Luau before the game or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, too, much, too much poi.
3: Hey. Okay.
1: Oliver Miller and Makai Mitchell in an exclusive territory of their own now uh, with this production off the bench. Guys, uh, I got I got to give it to Bob. I know he's zero and two now in stump the Bob, but these have been these have been pretty <laughs> difficult. I mean, but that's what happens whenever you're as legendary as Bob Holt. You don't get in a beginner level for stump the Bob. We start off with some tough stuff.
3: Well, I'm, what I get five? I have five guesses there, or some four or five. I lost track. That's how many I had.
1: Hey, but listen, stump the Bob. we might be zero and two now, but it's just a matter of time till it's coming. We talk about Arkansas basketball. Can there be a turnaround? And we're you know, you stay guessing with Bob. You don't have to stay guessing. You know a turnaround is coming. It w- it's inevitable. He is 100% Final Four quality um, year in and year out. So we expect there to be a bounce back. Um, you know, transitioning back to last night's game, um, you know, it's kind of funny. Last night after we get done and we're waiting on the Zoom call for uh, Eric Musselman To come on you know he comes and sits down and he he says ooh or something he notices that the seat that he was sitting on was sweaty um it's the seat that makai mitchell had been in previously um and i just kind of found it ironic i was like you know the team has played really hard back-to-back games and it's just like eric mussman's like oh the seats the sweet the seat is really sweaty right now um you know i think that was just indicative they played really hard like you had Makai Mitchell, who came off the bench and just played his butt off, I mean, um, took it at him. And I think that's what everyone was really wanting to see, was people could live with results of the team as long as they saw effort. I mean, Saturday, I didn't hear much people, many people complaining too much about the game. I mean, there were some real Debbie Downers that couldn't handle a six-point loss to Kentucky um, You know, after the team, team had been put plainly blasted in a lot of their games before, but at least you saw effort. And I think for across the board, most people took it pretty well like I mean it was encouraging this team is showing us some effort again because that's what was really the the troubling question that a lot of people had um you know last week I named the podcast episode title it's getting hard to watch but guys I think with the effort uh that the team has played with the past two games I think I might call this one it's getting fun to watch again or maybe even just it's getting bearable to watch um you know um you know what do y'all think about I guess from an effort standpoint something that's really been a question um recently what we've seen
3: yeah i don't think you can question their effort i mean it's like eric said they played as hard as they could um against kentucky and eric he didn't sure coach stuff he certainly has not been hesitant to blast the team for lack of effort and other uh f- failings so i think he tells it like he sees it and if you watch the game you could tell they, they were playing hard they may have had some turnover issues and Missed some shots and did some other things, but it wasn't for lack of effort. And uh, and then the the effort was there last night too. I mean, they they really took it to Missouri. And maybe they let their their foot off the gas pedal a little bit. But I I just it's hard to beat a team on the road by twenty. It's hard to maintain a lead like that. I think they were by twenty three. You know, Missouri's got some pride. They're going to come back tomorrow. Bates, you know, big time score twenty nine points, but also six turnovers. But um, like we've said, you never really felt like. Missouri was going to get back in that game to where they could really push Arkansas and so yeah that without question the effort's been there the, the last two games for and sure. I
2: would like to, to add on obviously after the game Eric came on the the postgame soon and he credited the defense a lot I mean uh, I believe it was 10 steals six six blocks I mean those are big effort plays obviously the defense wasn't that great when Missouri cut you know got it just down to single digits but he kind of took the took the fall for that but when you're talking about effort, and obviously that was my first game, you know, on the beat, but you know, 10 steals, six blocks, those are effort plays that you know you're not going to be questioning those guys, you know, who are making those plays, you know, whether or not their effort is there.
1: For sure, and another thing that you know had been a big question, Bob. You wrote on this that you did a great job setting up your preview of the game was just point guard play. I mean, there were some. Serious questions are, Eric, after the Kentucky game, I mean, he didn't straight-up call him out, I don't think, but he left it to where you knew the position he was talking about was at point guard, um, where they really had some shortcomings. Uh, what did you see last night from the point guard room?
3: Well, yeah, and he. I think the other african Kentucky said something like, did one position kill us? Absolutely. So, you know, <laughs> we all knew he was talking about it. and he said we have to get better point guard play. But I was curious what he was going to do because it's a rogue game. Is he going to stick with L. Ellis, who – uh, seems to be a great kid, and he's had his moments. But he had five turnovers. I think in SEC play. L had six turn, six assists and twelve turnovers, so not a good ratio. I think he's going to stick with him. And then after listening to him on the radio show, he really praised praised Layden Blocker Though way. Well, he's going to play Blocker. Might start him. I wasn't sure if he'd play Menafield because you know Missouri does have some fairly sizable guards. But yeah, the, the point guard play. He you know, he didn't play L Al at all, um, which he, that's kind of been a pattern of guys playing quite a bit first stretch and then maybe not playing at all. You know, Mennefield didn't play at all, but I give him credit. He must have, uh, you know, Eric said he had good practices, so he didn't pout about not playing. He gave him some great minutes, 16 points, 3 assists, I think only 1 turnover and 32. Layton had 3 turnovers, you'd like to see fewer than that, but he had 9 points, 3 assists. He's a good rebounder. He made a big play at the end of the half to get fouled. Hit a couple free throws with .2 seconds left. I mean, that had to be super demoralizing to Missouri to give up two free throws with .2 seconds left, and that, that was the end of a 12-2 run. You know, Blocker's a tough guy. He'll, he'll play good defense too. And so, you know, Eric said he gave the the, uh, uh, the point guard play an A+. Plus. And th- th- earlier in the year, he was talking about some aspect defense. He, called, he gave him a triple F. So Eric, <laughs> you know, he'll give some bad grades. So if he gives you an A+, plus, that, that, I think that means he's pretty happy talking
2: sure. about oh sorry. Oh, no, go I, ahead. I was gonna talk a little bit about Keon Menefield Obviously, uh, you know, going into the game, Eric kind of talked down the use of bounce passes because obviously, uh, you know, Missouri if there's good if they're good at one thing on defense, it's turning teams over and bounce passes give ample opportunity for that. And I wrote a little bit th- about this in my story, but you know, Keon Menafield had I'm not sure if he actually got credit for an assist or not, but one of the best you know plays of the game Missouri had cut the lead to 11 with I don't remember exactly how much time left but bounce pass into Makai Mitchell for you know a pretty big dunk that you know the, the crowd was kind of getting back into it if Missouri gets a stop there you know cuts it to single digits at that point maybe you're thinking okay here we go again but instead you know Keon Menefield gets that potential assist I don't remember if he got credited for it or not but then uh yeah, and then later on in the game it's the opposite kind of connection. Uh Makai Mitchell, you know, saves the ball from going out of play, gets him gets it to Keon on the on the perimeter and he hits a huge three to kind of uh you know, seal the deal and uh, you know, kinda of going back to, to what we're talking about with you know, point guard play. That's a big you know, big part of it.
1: Absolutely. Well I don't want to spend a ton of time flashing back talking about the Kentucky game, but I think we'd be remiss if we didn't because it was a cool thing to have College Game Day here. Let's just get that out of the way. I mean, regardless of how this season is going, um, it was, you know, pretty pretty awesome to see, you know, the big, the big names come here, the big lights, the big production. Um, and ahead of that show and, uh, you know, during the media availability we had with Seth Greenberg and Andrea Carter— um, they really gave a nod to the environment at Bud Walton Arena and how the program has risen the past few years as key reasons why the show was there. I mean, I think that was the obvious question people had, is why are y'all coming here with this year Arkansas is having? But the show is, I, I, Bob would be better at saying exactly how they said it, but I think they said each one of these is like an event. Like, you, they just want to really showcase awesome things of the game. And Arkansas has gotten to a point where it's program and it's fan base and Bud Walton Arena where it's an awesome part of the sport. I mean, people look at Arkansas and they – uh, they know they have a passionate fan base. Anthony is someone who's not been here at Arkansas, but you're a big college basketball guy. I'm just wondering how you've viewed Arkansas as a program over the past few years.
2: Oh, it's it, it, it it's it's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I came here uh while I was covering Missouri as a student and, you know, Bud Walton Arena is one of my favorite arenas I've ever covered a game in, and I'm excited to, you know, get get back to doing that as, you know, actually like a full-time thing now um but you know i've always kind of respected the program you know arkansas has had and built here over the past few years since you know eric's kind of taken over um you know it it, it's a good program that i think despite you know the the problems and the struggles of this year i think it's a you know in a pretty good spot um especially you know you look at the tournament runs and everything in recent years so uh you know as somebody who's been an outsider and kind of looking in you know i've always kind of respected what's what's been happening here and uh I wish college game day had come like a week later, so I was here for it. But you know, beggars can't be choosers, I suppose.
1: <laughs> yeah, Bob. I mean, you covered you've covered the Razorbacks for a long time. You saw the giant that Nolan Richardson really built with the program, and it was kind of like you know, in between him and the Musselman era. Eric, uh, don't get me wrong. There were some great moments in between there too, with Mike Anderson and several other coaches. But I mean, really, it was it's kind of been a sleeping giant program, I'd say, as far as like just needed the fam like something to wake the fan base up again. What has it been like, in your opinion? seeing, especially under Eric Musselman, just kind of the, the rise of the program to getting that nationally relevant again.
3: Well, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun, because when I first came here, Eddie Sutton was in his prime with the Razorbacks. You know, they, I covered players like Darrell Walker, Joe Klein, Alvin Robertson, Scott Hastings, a lot of great players. And then Nolan Richardson came, and he really took it to another level, winning the national championship, going to three Final Fours. And you know they had to build Bud Walton Arena. There was initially talk of expanding Barnhill, and they talked to Bud Walton, who, of course, is Sam Walton's brother and one was one of the, the Walton uh, billionaires, I guess. And uh, they talked to him about uh, expanding Barnhill, like I think raising the roof, which is I think what they did at Gallagher-Iba there in, uh, in Stillwater, where Eddie Sutton coached after he was at Arkansas in Kentucky. And he said, well, what about building a whole new arena? this was They felt like they needed a new arena going to the SEC. And it's funny, you think about all the money they spend. I think they built Bud Walton Arena for $31 million and uh, Sam Walton put in 15. And I remember Frank Burroughs telling me you know, this story. He, he and Nolan Richardson went to see Bud Walton and talked to him, you know, really hoping he'd, he'd uh, help him. And then Frank Burroughs is in his office and, uh, and Bud Walton comes by to see him and says, hey, you know, Frank, put, put me down for half. And, and then he, he, he just stopped in real quick and said, put me down for half, and, and they left. I remember thinking, man, that reminds me when I was in college and we'd be getting pizza or whatever. And somebody would say, hey, man, put me down for half. <laughs> Only this was a $15 million pizza. Uh, but, um, um, but yeah, it's it's been fun to see the program. You know, like I said, they had some moments under other coaches, but n- not the consistent winning they had under Eddie Sutton and Old Richardson. And then, you know, Eric's had three really great seasons, and this season has, has not been good. No, nowhere near what I expected. I think it's probably a blimp. I don't – I think – uh, you know, given the opportunity, Eric Musselman will get, get Arkansas back. But the fact that Duke came here in the ACC-SEC challenge, that speaks to the relevancy that Arkansas has regained on a national uh, national level.
1: A $15 million pizza, that better have some delightful crust. Um,
2: I'm thinking stuffed crust, I mean, some good toppings. you got to eat multi-cheese layers. Too. Yeah,
1: we need this $15 million pizza. Um, real quick before we end this, uh, Arkansas plays at LSU on Saturday, 11 a.m. tip, which that's great for you, Bob, as uh, for as far as deadline goes, right?
3: Yeah, if I miss that deadline, then um, I probably get fired. But and I think it's, honestly, I think it's good for the road team, uh, whether it's Arkansas or whoever, because you know in the morning, number one, you you, know, you 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 get back home a lot faster. You know, get back home at 3 a.m. or something. But also, I, I'm sure LSU will have a decent crowd, but. Um, You know, I just don't think the fans are as into it at 11 a.m. as they are at at two in the afternoon, or certainly at 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 night. And um, so, I think that's good for Arkansas. When Missouri comes here later in the season, that's going to be an 11 a.m. game too. So, Arkansas fans are going to have to be wide awake for that. But yeah, looking at LSU, they're uh, you know they're like a lot of teams in the SEC. They're they're better. A lot of the teams were bad, like Georgia and South Carolina, and Missouri's. Digressed, and so is Vanderbilt, who was pretty good last year. But I was double checking here. Yeah, LSU is 11 and 9, which doesn't sound great. They're 3 and 4 in the SEC, where they were 2 and 16 last year, and they're 8 and 3 at home. They they beat Ole Miss at home. Uh, they got a neutral site went over Wake Forest. Uh, they uh, they won. It's weird. They won at A&M, and then A&M won at uh, at LSU. I mean, and then kind of like Kentucky beat Florida on the road, and then Florida beat Kentucky last night and were up, but. So they've got some solid wins. People might remember Jordan Wright, former Vanderbilt player. He's got f- averaging 15.7. Jalen Cook, he's former two-lane player. He's averaging uh, double figures 13-1, I think. So um, you know they're a solid team there at home. Another thing is they've had a whole week to get ready. The, the, there's a new thing this year in the schedule where you get a bye. Arkansas will get the bye next week. That they'll, they'll play at LSU, then they'll play until the following Saturday when Georgia comes to Fayetteville. So LSU's had a full week to prepare. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's bad. Um, you know, Arkansas, if they went at LSU, they may want to keep playing and not, not take a week off. I don't know, but um, so it, it's another d- definitely a winnable game for Arkansas, but certainly certainly no gimme.
1: For sure. Well, the Razorbacks, like we said, play Saturday at LSU. They get that that week off. Then they'll play again next Saturday at home against Georgia. But until next week, as for Ethan Westerman, Bob Holt, Anthony Christensen, and Big thanks to Blake Sutton again in the back end for his Stump the Bob that we love. Uh, thanks for listening in to a relatively upbeat edition of the basketball podcast of America.